When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello and welcome to Loose Units Origins. Every week I sit down with John Verhoeven, that's my dad, and he used to be a cop, and we talk about all the incredible stuff he lived through in the 1980s in Sydney. I wrote a book about it called Loose Units. You know this. I mean, Dad, who doesn't know this? This is the premise of the show. Do I really need to establish this every episode? Um, There are probably people that used to be people that are now deceased. They may may, may not be aware. Okay. Um, You think they're listening? Uh, on the balance Wait, hang of probabilities, on. definitely no. Used to be deceased. Did I say that? Yeah, you said so, which implies that people are coming back from the dead, and as mm. a result, while they were dead, the show and the books came out, so they didn't know what was happening. Mm. Is that what you're well, saying? Well, you know, that's just yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're freshly exhumed, the first thing I is the first thing that you would do after you crawled out of the grave, whack on a podcast, or would you not want to see how your friends and family are doing? I'd probably be fairly thirsty. Sure, sure. Um, I wouldn't necessarily be hungry because I've probably been gnawing away at my own body parts. Why? <laughs> you think that's what dead people... For someone who worked at I've a got, funeral home... You, <laughs> I've got no idea, Paul. If you got buried alive, how would you escape from the coffin if it had been buried? Dad? I As think someone to be who buried is, alive... If you are buried would alive. ...would be worse than drowning. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> buried alive... Mm. would be quite depressing. And mentally, I think you'd lose your mind. And I think, you know when they create zombies? You know, voodoo zombies? Yeah. You know they bury them alive. Yeah, I I thought that was how they did it. Mm. And I think what what happens, they blow that special powder, the white stuff, into their face, which makes them trip the light fantastic. Mm -hmm. They then... Part of the the ceremony is to bury them alive. Now, I believe that they go through a transmogrification. And um, I'm not sure if that's a real word. Actually, it is. It is a real word, yeah. Thank you. Um, and when they come, come out, can you imagine? Look, I think it would really, really mess with your mind at a level that would be quite terrible and it actually freaks me out because I can I can actually kind of imagine it in that Kill Bill film when she was buried alive yes that yes. was so I mean parts of it were plausible but when she actually came out of the ground it was so obvious that it was staged the way the soil just sort of you know it was not that realistic but I'm saying as someone who has worked in 
you know, the police in forensics, uh, in rescue kind of capacities, and also as a funeral director, do you think it's possible if you were buried, let's just say you were buried, like a traditional burial, some kind of terrible violent act had been exacted upon you where it looked like you were dead, and for some reason they didn't check, mm. or you were put there on purpose, and then you were buried, um, mm. and, and you woke up. Let's say you've got on you what you've got when you're out. So, in your case, uh, shorts, uh, a t-shirt distressed t-shirt, and, and thongs. thongs. Yep. But also well, maybe your phone and your keys. Okay. Yeah. Well, I would use my thongs as a giant pacifier. <laughs> you know what a pacifier is? Yes, a dummy, you Correct. dummy. So, I'd suck on one of them. Um. And I'd try and... I'd probably end up filling the coffin with tears. And not tears of joy, I'd be... Do you know that's one of the few things that I can actually really imagine? You know how sometimes we can imagine winning the lottery mm-hmm. where we suspend all reality because you're probably not going to win it because sure. it's just a joke, yeah. the lottery. Yeah. Um, even though I know two people that have won um, big lotteries twice each, which is mad. Um, but it's one of those things that I can, with with little difficulty actually imagine myself in a coffin and you'd go crazy. Would I use my keys to scratch my way out? Two chances, Paul. None and Buckley's. But, okay, so, but you've got things with you. I guess I'm just trying to get right to the crux of this. You have some practical... I mean, you're not dead yet. Why give up is what I'm saying. So, provided you can calm yourself a little bit, is it actually possible to... If you it's could impossible. Through- it's impossible. You're totally saying. impossible. And can you imagine? Have you ever looked down into a into a into a hole where the yeah. into a grave and seen how deep it is? Yeah, it's horrific. Mm. I mean, and one of the great things, actually, in fairness to Kill Bill, mm. you recall when I mean the the most visceral, scary part for me was hearing the noises of the people above talking becoming more and more muffled. Muffled, yes. That's really, really sick. I mean, but the thing is, surely the earth is pretty uh, loose. You know, surely it's pretty... As in loose units. Let's say you're getting buried in a hurry, and I promise, listeners, I'm going to avoid... I'm going to move this topic somewhere relevant very shortly. Let's say you are... Let's say you are beaten very badly, left for dead wrapped in a hessian sack or something or whacked in a pine box and then they take you out to let's say a national park and let's say they bury you a few feet you know two three feet deep and they kind of like lazily tamp it down because they're in a hurry and they bugger off you wake up i'm saying is it physically possible to displace the dirt and to hold your breath and to force your way out of there could you do you think you could do it has the box been locked uh no because they think you're dead oh cool okay well look if it's loosely packed you could definitely draw your knees up yep. towards your chest mm-hmm. because the legs are very, very strong. And you could actually wedge the box open. With your but knees. Then, with your knees. Mm. And then you would get your get both hands, move them either to the left or the right or wherever the opening is. Yep. And then, I mean, the best place for the opening to be would mm-hmm. be to the left or right. Yeah. And and for me, it would be better to be on the right. So I use my knees. I then get my fingers and start pressing up. And um, what is that noise? It's a fucking cement truck on a quiet, picturesque alleyway. And they almost knocked a street sign over then. Fucking construction. Right, in Melbourne is a joke. Go on. Um, 
and then you'd have to be ready for a lot of soil to to come in. Look, it depends if it's sandy or look if if you're buried in sand. I think sand would be worse. The, you're, you're right. You're up shit creek without a paddle. Yeah. Yep. Um. But if it's soil and not mm. too deep, you've definitely got a chance. But that reminds me of that terrible, terrible case. I think it was last year up in Queensland, and I'm not sure whether the listeners, perhaps the listeners in Australia will be aware, but for our international listeners, a guy was bashed, but still fully conscious, alive. They put him in a metal box. Uh They locked it. Then they threw the box into a dam, and they could hear him screaming as the box slowly sank to the bottom of the pond. So not only was this poor guy in a lot of agony from being beaten, but he was also in a locked box, slowly filling with water. What a terrible, terrible nightmare for that poor guy to go through. Look, it's just... So you've got the claustrophobia, because it was a small metal box. Mm. He didn't have a lot of room anyway. But then to realise that it's starting to fill up with water, just think about what he went through. Yeah. It's so it it quite frankly gives me the <clears throat> gives me the creeps. But anyway, um yeah, that's that's uh that's that's pretty pretty scary. I went to a website called Worst Case Scenario and they've got a guide here on how to survive being buried alive. Number one, conserve your air supply. If you are buried in a typical coffin you will have enough air to survive for an hour or two at most. Take deep breaths and hold for as long as possible before exhaling. Uh, do not light a match or a lighter. Combustion will quickly use your available oxygen. It is safe to use a flashlight if you have one. Do not yell. Yelling leads to panic, which will increase your heart rate and lead to fast breathing that will consume your air supply. Okay, so that's that that checks out so far, right? Mm. But you've got your phone in this in this hypothetical, so you got your phone, that's how you're gonna get out, right? Well, even well, if that's you got a- through to someone, what mm. what would you say? No, I mean, as far as a flashlight, you can use the flashlight, oh, yeah, yeah. right? Uh, step two, it says, press up on the coffin lid with your hands, assess the quality of the wood, an inexpensive pine box or a recycled paperboard coffin will have some give to it. If you feel flex in the coffin lid, skip to step three. A metal clad or hardwood coffin, coffin will be impossible to pierce. This is the kind of stuff that you buried people in when you worked at Kinsella. Mm. The, 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 know, the, coffin, the Batesville. The Batesville. The the creme de la creme. Although I think if someone's, God, I mean, those things are made to sleep in, not to not to kick your way out of. Mm-hmm. In this case, your only hope is to signal for rescue using a metal object to signal that you are alive. Tap SOS on the coffin lid. Mm. Fuck off! No one's going to hear a tapping, right? Well, maybe some uh, worms, but I don't think they're f- sort of conversant with um, Morse code. They could always just, just quietly pass Paul, a message on. Yeah, true. But if you were actually not buried, but put into a crypt. Mm. Now, they're not... Look, I think you could survive for a long time. In a crypt? Definitely. And this is one of those, like, family... Like like, a, yeah. like an Italian family has a small... Like a mausoleum in the corner of some beautiful graveyard, and it's got statues, Correct. and it's like a little house. Yes, yes. Right? Now, what I would do, I would mm. assume, because I wear a watch, yeah, um, and it's automatic, thank God, so I could sort of give it a bit of a shake inside the coffin. Mm-hmm. I would... Do my Morse code tapping during daylight hours because obviously cemeteries close, mm. except if there's a witch's coven, then they come in at night time. And I don't think they'd be that concerned to help you. Mm, it's coven. Yep. 
Um, like and, they'd, and then even if they did get you out of the coffin, they'd probably sacrifice you. Probably eat you. Correct. So, but look, all in all, I just think it's... And if you're claustrophobic... Yeah. Um, it'll be it'll be worse. Look, if you could just lie there and be calm, everyone, yeah. and just breathe until you start breathing your own carbon dioxide, I'm and you would slowly asphyxiate, sure. and you'd probably die with a smile in your mouth. Now, step three that we mentioned before, remove your shirt. Your shirt can be used to protect you from suffocating on loose earth. Unfortunately, rearranging your wardrobe requires some strategy. And then it goes through to tell you how to actually get your shirt off in when you're trapped in a coffin which I won't go into now. It says tie the bottom of the shirt into a knot, pull the shirt over your head through the neck hole, and then at that point you've got a makeshift mask on as you climb to the surface. That's really smart, not getting soil in your um, nose or mouth. Mm, mm. Four, break through the coffin. Using your feet, begin kicking the coffin lid. A cheap coffin may have already split from the weight of the earth above, making your job easier. Break apart the lid with your hands and feet and let the loose dirt rush in. Use your hands to push the dirt towards your feet. There should be some space at the bottom end of the coffin below your feet. As the dirt rushes in, work quickly but calmly to fill the space at your feet. When that fills up, start pushing the dirt to your sides. Try to breathe slowly and regularly. Then you sit up. As you move to a seated position, the loose earth above you will move to fill the space you just occupied. As the dirt falls, continue to push it into the coffin until you can stand. Then you stand and you should be able to push the dirt above you up and out of the grave. Because they generally don't bother you, bury you deeper than your body height, provided you are a tall lad. And there's a whole bunch of other tips here. I mean, it's it's very silly, but I, it also does point out that um, the compacted weight of wet earth will make digging impossible. So during the uh, dead serious season of Loose Units, you told the story of a man who was working at Kinsella, a rather large guy, mm-hmm. and he fell into the grave. He did. Now, this is basically saying that because soil gets dense and much more tightly packed uh, and kind of thick when it's raining, if, if he'd been buried alive, he would have been fucked, basically. Oh, it's so yeah. horrendous. I, do you know I can feel my, my chest tightening? Oh, is this, like a fo- this? is this a thing for you? Well, I think it's a thing for everyone. Mm. And, oh, God, it's so bad. But if it was raining, mm. I mean, here's another thing, Paul, that the listeners need to be aware of. And this mm. might sound really strange, but if you've ever scuba dived at night time or done cave diving, yeah, often you have no sense of up and down. Now, imagine if you managed to get out of the coffin and you ended up turning right and just heading a couple of feet underneath the earth. Yeah, but your feet... Are going to be touching the coffin so for a while, always... for a while. Mm. But you know what is up, and what it's, is down. It's, it's up. <laughs> what, do you mean, what is up? <laughs> is vanilla a feeling? More useful insights from John Verhoeven. I see what you're, <laughs> see what you're saying. Um, I think that now some people I've I've seen this done very very occasionally. They will bury. There'll be a string in the coffin that can be pulled and then the string goes up through the dirt and there's a little bell on the actual uh, headstone so that if someone wakes up in the grave, they can give a little dingle dingle. Isn't that, Paul, isn't that nice? I've always known you were an ideas person. No, it's not my idea. It's a real. I appreciate that, but it's an actual thing. Hmm. I'd like to do a bit more research and fact check that. Hang on, let's go. Bell oh, on boy. headstone. It's probably going to be some very, very common thing. Safety coffin. Ooh. 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. The fear of being buried alive peaked during the cholera epidemics of the 19th century, but accounts of unintentional live burial have been recorded even earlier. And then it goes on to talk about the general fear of a premature death. And there is literally a blueprint here for a vertical coffin that allows someone, if they're alive, to step out. Uh, oh, folk entomology has suggested that etymology, not entomology, that's insects, has suggested that the phrases saved by the bell, dead ringer and graveyard shift come from the use of safety coffins in the Victorian era. The saved by the bell expression is actually well established to have come from boxing. Uh, but the idea that they're saying is that saved by the bell means that you're fitted with a safety coffin, which lets you ring for help if you are actually mm. not dead. It's a good idea. It's not bad. I mean, it does. It doesn't it does work if you're cremated, though. Because that little bit of string will burn. Yeah, I mean. I mean, imagine waking up inside a furnace. Fuck, like in Diamonds of Forever, when Sean Connery's Bond wakes up alive uh, in the coffin because they want to. The idea is that they, I think they're smuggling diamonds in coffins. And so what they do is they burn the person. You ship the coffin into the crematorium, you burn it, the diamonds are unharmed because of the heat, and then you just sift through the ash, get the diamonds, whack them in an urn, and then you put the urn... I'm just recounting the plot of Diamonds Forever Mm. at this point. Uh, The 1820s also saw the use of portable death chambers. Uh, A small chamber equipped with a bell for signalling and a window for viewing the body was constructed over an empty grave. Watchmen would check each day for signs of life or decomposition in each of the chambers. If the bell was rung, the body, inverted commas, could be immediately removed. But if the watchman observed signs of putrefaction in the corpse, a door in the floor of the chamber could be opened and the body would drop down into the grave. That sounds 
so fucked up. It's it's fascinating. It's like being flushed into into the underworld. Mm, it's amazing. Oh my god! A panel could then be slid in to cover the grave and the upper chamber removed and reused. Oh, it's like coffee pods if you mm. could reuse them. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god! The bell, the bell. You, I think what you do is, would you like a bell next to you with a little toggle, you know, like a ring for a butler thing, or would you prefer a bell attached to say your big toe, so that if you start coming to and wiggling your extremities, there's like a bell going mm. off. But Paul, what if you're an amputee? You just chuck it on something else. You could tie it onto your appendage. You, <laughs> the last thing I'm doing when I'm buried alive. <laughs> Is getting a stiffy, okay? I'm a stiff, not a stiffy. Mm. Dad, you know what's happened here is... Listeners, I'd like you to kind of bear witness to something miraculous that's happened. This was going to be an episode of Loose Units. It has instead become an episode of Loose Units, Loose Ends, which is our weekly... So, what's happened is we started recording this fucking thing as a regular podcast... But now it's turned into our bonus podcast. So, Dad, uh, I rarely let people know how this works. But what happens is every Monday, you and I have a lovely call on uh, on this app we use. And we get on our microphones and we start talking. And we make loose units. And then every Thursday, we get together and record loose ends. That's how it works. And Thursday's always a bit loosey-goosey. There's no structure. It's just sort of us dicking around. But um, what happened is it's Monday morning and... We made the foolish mistake of talking about being buried alive. And before you know it, we've done a 20-minute episode about being buried alive. So, would you like to make this our bonus episode, Dad, and just whack it up later in the week? Paul, you are an ideas person. <laughs> Is that okay? It's brilliant. Yeah, I think that's it's going to be great. And hey, Dad, do you want to talk about the fact that finally... I, I don't want to jinx it, knock on wood, but finally we get to see each other in person next week um yeah we're flying down on wednesday wednesday mm. week yeah. um and it's my birthday next uh, monday it is mm. 61 yeah. yeah so the 8th of february yeah which is very exciting so yeah looking forward to seeing you and tegan next week it's been a year mm. and um it'll be marvelous can't wait and i think we're gonna be, we're gonna do a podcast opposite each other in oh be together yes for the friday episode Hundred percent. So lovely. Yeah, we we all do a loose ends. We'll do it in person. Mum might make a cameo. She gets very shy when the microphones are on, doesn't she? She does. She does. Which doesn't make sense because you know she's no, not no, a shy I think person. In, no, but in relationships, I think opposites work well together. Right. She's the opposite of me in pretty well every way. And until she's on the microphone with me with a glass of wine in her hand, at which point she's incredibly animated. Mm, true. True. I'm just curious about how that she just. She steps back. She's a, she's a real, you know, she compliments She's the contemplative the and a woman of few words. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, is there anything you want to get done uh, while you're down here that would uh, excite listeners? Uh, well, I want to go to the National Gallery of Victoria, mm-hmm. which used to be the National Gallery of Australia. And for those listeners that can or have ever been to the NGV, in mm-hmm. my opinion, the best gallery in Australia, hands down. Many, many of the great treasures in that incredible collection, if you look at the uh, the wording on the little notice- notices that describe the piece, mm-hmm. says Felton Bequest. And the story with Mr. Felton is that he was a reclusive gentleman and everyone thought, in fact, 
no one really knew anything about him. He lived in a. He almost died. They thought in sort of in dest, as a destitute in 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 poverty. But when they went into his apartment, his little house in the nineteenth century in Melbourne, they found it was full of treasures beyond belief. They sold and he he had donated his entire collection to the National Gallery of Australia, mm-hmm. and that incredible gift to the people of Australia has stood the test of time. And that bequest, like the Nobel Prize, which is a million US for every recipient, has... I mean, that that whole Nobel concept, that was the Nobelius family in Sweden, they are still generating massive, massive income. And that family invented TNT or dynamite. But do you th- do you think that there could be a Nobel Peace Prize Peace Prize for justice? So let's say, you know, for law enforcement, let's say there was a cop who saved you know three hundred people from a from a burning whatever, right? Uh, although technically that's a fireman's job. Then would it not be prudent to come up with some sort of are, are there awards for these sort of there are yeah, acts? but not 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 a Nobel. No, not a Nobel, Nobel okay. is the ultimate. It's yeah. it's for it's for. <laughs> It's just it's it's the the highest level mm. in all the sciences and and, and literature etc. But organisations like police forces, fire brigades, ambulance etc. across the world have got um, awards for valour, for outstanding service, you know all that type of stuff. Yeah, which is which is really nice. But yeah, not not on that Nobel. Level, but this particular um, guy Felton, he um, they they've invested his money so wisely and and been able to sort of make it sort of a a never ending uh, gift, which is fantastic. So I'd really love to go there. I go there every single time I go to Melbourne. I look forward to walking in the botanic gardens, which I love. I love Melbourne. I love the trams. I love the parks. I love. It's just got a totally wonderful, different vibe to Sydney. Can I? Uh, tell you about a crime. I'd like to close this episode out with an actual crime that happened at the NGV, which might fascinate you. Uh, there was a painting by Pablo Picasso. Um, it's called The Weeping Woman, but it's actually, I think it's actually a study from Guernica. I'm not 100% sure, but it's a its a Picasso painting painted in 1937. Uh, it's an oil on canvas. It's about 55 centimetres by 46 centimetres. Uh, I didn't have that info at hand. Please don't assume I know the measurements of paintings. I'm on fucking Wikipedia. Here we go. So, um, yeah, it was created after Guernica came out, which is his most famous painting. It's a very, very famous painting. Uh, it's it, Sotheby's valued at about a hundred million. Now, <laughs> in 1986, several thieves obtained access to the NGV on the 2nd of August and unscrewed the painting from its wall mounting. The thieves then removed the mounted canvas from its frame and left the gallery undetected. Uh, and apparently they had a type of screwdriver that wouldn't have been easy to detect. So it has been suggested that the thieves knew their art history. The method of the theft was an ironic homage to the 1911 theft of the Mona Lisa from the Louvre. The theft was not noticed until the 4th of August, which is the Monday. The thieves had left a card indicating the painting had been removed for routine maintenance. Staff had assumed that ACT on the card, the initials of the Australian Cultural Terrorist, referred to the ACT, the Australian Capital Territory, and that the painting had been transferred to the National Gallery of Australia in Canberra. Initially, it was suspected it might have been carried out by a gang of, you know, international art thieves. 
Um, they thought it was an inside job at some point. And then this letter got released, like a statement. Oh, also, it wasn't insured, which is obviously very bad. So the statement read as such. We have stolen the Picasso from the National Gallery as a protest against the funding of the fine arts in this Hicks state and against the clumsy, unimaginative stupidity of the administration and distribution of that funding. And they basically go on to demand that the minister has to announce a commitment to increasing the funding of the arts by 10% in real terms over the next three years. Uh, a new annual prize for the painting open to artists under 30 years of age with, you know, significant prize money called the Picasso Ransom. And I, I don't know if they went through with that, but I think they should have. Um, the Victorian government uh, refused to pay the $50,000, uh, sorry, refused to pay the ransom and then offered a $50,000 reward, which seems kind of fucked given that what the, you know what I'm saying? Like mm, yeah. they were asking for an increase in arts funding. And what they offered was a reward for the capture of the people doing the theft. Mm. Now, <laughs> here we go. The actual recovery. In the 2003 memoir, The Bright Shapes and the True Names, Patrick McKay here wrote that a few days before the painting was recovered, a Melbourne art dealer called him to say a young artist may know something about the theft. When he visited the studio, McKay, he writes, he made a point to say he was interested in the return of the painting, not a conviction for the crime. Two days later, on 19th of August 1986, so a couple of weeks later, following an anonymous call to the police, the painting was found undamaged and carefully wrapped in brown paper tied with string in a locker number 227 at Spencer Street Station. You've been there, Dad. Mm. The, the locker was opened with a station staff master key. Police stated the painting was packed in such a way as to ensure it would not be damaged, suggesting, and I quote, quite possibly someone in the art world or on the fringes of the art world. No shit. They were asking for funding for the arts. It's uh, a great a story. Yeah. Um, a third letter from the ACT was included with the work. Its contents was not initially released to the public. An extract printed in The Age read, Of course we never looked to have our demands met. Our intention was always to bring public attention to the plight of a group which lacks any of the legitimate means of blackmailing governments. Um, the the investigation was closed in, I believe, 1989. Uh, they've never figured out who did it, I don't think. It's wonderful. It's a great whodunit. It's a proper, mm, you know, it's, really a proper, uh, it's a proper heist. Mm. Um, the thing I like about art heists, Dad, is that they seem classy as heck. There's no dead bodies. There's no abused women. There's no grieving at all. It's just a thing that is in a place has moved to another place and maybe it's sold to some collectors, but maybe it's given back and it's always so fucking classy. Mm. And I think... I think if I was going to be any kind of criminal, I would like to be an art thief. How about how about you? What kind of thief would you want to be? Um, or criminal, sorry. What kind of criminal would you want to be? I'd like to deal in precious metals, gold and silver. Oh, yeah. I love them. I love, mm. I love holding them. Um, but, Paul, yeah. a lot of very, very valuable priceless art, mm -hmm. a lot of people in the world think, how on earth can they steal something that everyone knows what it looks like? But... The types of people that end up with these priceless artworks mm. are generally very wealthy and they simply keep the painting in a very secure, like a room, like a panic room or, or a walk-in vault mm -hmm. and they simply, at a, at a certain point in time when they feel that they need to see it, they will go down, it may be set up on an easel with just one chair and they just sit or stand and admire it. Yeah. They're doing it entirely for their own edification. The they point of art, I think, is... Yeah, art's meant to be 
shared. Right? Yeah, but they don't share it. Mm. They simply, they can't tell anyone yeah. that they own this extraordinary item. Um, but they derive such pleasure from being in its company. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's quite fascinating. Um, but look, as I said to you and the listeners, Paul, um, we were ready to come down at Christmas and everything turned to shit. We cancelled everything and now we've rebooked and hopefully we fly to Melbourne next Wednesday. But mm. it's you just don't know what the future has in store. I mean, they've just locked down Western Australia, yep. hard lockdown, and I just if we if this thing's cancelled again, I I'll just be look. I'm being very positive, um, so hopefully we get to see you. I hope so as well. And when you get here, maybe we can go to the NGV and case the joint. Excellent, as they say. love it. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, everyone, thanks for listening to this episode of I guess Loose Ends. Uh, I was not expecting this. I what's really nice is now Dad and I get to sit down and just to totally bend your brains a bit. We're going to sit down right now after this episode. And record the episode you heard several days ago. Isn't that weird? Isn't that weird? That's weird. But it's great. Weird. Love it's it. great. So we're going to be pretty warmed up. And yep. maybe we'll slip a reference in to the thing that hasn't happened yet from your perspective. I love it. But you're listening to this, so it will have happened. Uh, I'm confused myself. Me too. Me too. Anyway, we miss you all terribly. Have a, have a fantastic weekend, everyone. And uh, yeah, stay tuned. We'll see you next week for a rip-roaring episode of Loose Units. Bye. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.